Maybe you want to write a book, launch your tarot business, or even fall in love. You'll learn neuroscience techniques and sacred rituals from mental health professional Bryn Bamber. That's me. Everything you need to take that next step towards your purpose. Hey everyone, I am super excited to have Emily Ghosh with me here today. I found her through, I was looking for podcasts with uh, Laura Day, who's an intuitive. I just found her and was really excited about her. And Emily interviewed her on Emily's podcast. And so I listened to that episode. And then this is actually rare for me. Normally, if I get obsessed with someone, I just listen to a bunch of interviews with them, but I don't continue to listen to the podcast that they were on. But there was something about your podcast. Remind me of the title. The Soul Collective. The Soul Collective that I just listened to. Like, I think I listened to like four interviews in a row, like the same day just of you interviewing different like intuitives and mediums and psychics and I just love the group of people that you're curating and the conversations that you're having and so I reached out to Emily and said like I like what you're doing let's talk will you be on my podcast and so She's here. So I'm very excited. So Emily, why don't you, for anyone who doesn't know you or the Soul Collective, why don't you introduce yourself and what's the work you're bringing to the world? Yeah. Well, gosh, friend, it is such an honor to be with you. Thank you so much for this sacred invitation. And, you know, I do feel a deep resonance with your work and all that you're bringing forward. And um, yeah, I'm excited to explore, you know, as you mentioned, I have a podcast that's called The Soul Collective, and it's a spirituality podcast. And I get to, you know, really connect with different thought leaders and way sharers and, you know, channels and spiritual teachers. And, you know, it has been a really profound tool on my own spiritual awakening journey. You know, it's funny because I really started out and I think this is a parallel in our story and I'm not sure, but I really, you know, started out kind of in the corporate world and, you know, in that kind of go, go, go fast paced, you know, lifestyle where I was really focused on external success, you know, whatever that means Mm. and focusing on, you know, checking the boxes, if you will. And I realized through a variety of things that were happening, you know, at that time, that that I was truly out of alignment from where my soul, you know, deeply desired to be. And, you know, it was that disconnect that really, you know, allowed for, you know, the beginning of an awakening journey that, you know, continues, right? But the show that came forward at that time was like really mysterious uh, in a way because it was like well you know okay so you're creating this podcast like are you going to be talking you know about business or marketing and you know I wanted to really explore like the multi-dimensional quality of being a human, you know, in these bodies and on this planet at this time and really 
exploring, you know, our soul purpose. And that really has led to a lot of magic of just listening to that inner call and following my heart. And even when it didn't really quite make sense, it was just like this, you know, trusting and following the the breadcrumbs, you know, that led me out of corporate America, um, founding my own, you know, company that really is about helping people use media and other tools to connect with who they are and why they're here and really bring more and more of that forward on their, you know, divine path of service. I love that. And one thing that's fun for me about this episode is I don't know that much about your journey. So I'm like getting to hear, like I've listened to your interviews with other people, but I haven't heard you be interviewed yet. So this is kind of exciting for me. So I'm so curious. My first question is, what was the first moment when you're working in corporate America and you're chasing the external success? Like, what was the first moment that you were like, maybe I don't want to be here? Or is there something more like what was that first either like breakdown or breakthrough (laughs) that started you? You know, I believe that we get whispers and if we ignore them, they get louder and louder. And that's truly what happened, you know, in my case, my experience is like, you know, this kind of internal whisper of like, you know, this isn't maybe what your soul is really desiring. And, you know, this, this feeling of extreme, extreme burnout, you know, I had major Mm. adrenal fatigue at the time. And, you know, I think there's many types of addictions and, you know, ways that we can distract ourselves that I really believe that that is a sign of being sort of out of alignment with our divine path of service. And that can look like so many different things, but just the truest, you know, I think of that as being like the truest expression of our soul signature and that evolves and changes and transforms over time. But for me, you know, work was sort of a way of distracting myself from the larger reality of feeling this sense of out of alignment. And so, you know, I used to work really out of around the clock and had sort of this like really extreme burnout phase. And so, you know, I always feel like, you know, sometimes we get some louder and louder signs. And for me, it was like, multiple things that were happening simultaneously, Mm. you know, it was like that feeling of being out of alignment. And then also, you know, relationships not working, you know, kind of in this catastrophic way that they, you know, can do from time to time. But it was like that on top of, you know, health challenges on top of, you know, just feeling of significant being out of alignment. And all of those things were enough to make a really profound shift in my life. Right. So the universe really had to shake you a little bit. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I am so relating. I burnt out like multiple times, you know, I like burnt out and then went back and burnt out again. And I definitely identify also as like workaholism or that work addiction. That was one of my favorite ways of not feeling my feelings and not, you know, processing what was coming up for me. So I'm seeing why we might be drawn to each other. We have, um, we definitely have some parallels. Lots of synergy, yes. In our story. So you had all this kind of cascading message of different volumes and happening in all these areas of your life. What was the first step you took 
towards healing and or podcasting? Like what came first? Walk me through it. You know, I feel as though it was really getting my mental body, my energetic body, my spiritual body kind of in a different frequency, right? Mm -hmm. And that is the process that we talk about, like raising our personal vibration. And for me, the first part of that was really a deeper sense of awareness. You know, I think that sometimes we can have so many types of distractions in our external environment that we're not fully present in the now moment. And that's, you know, many spiritual teachers talk about, you know, dropping into the center point, which is like the point of creation and where all the, you know, magic happens, so to speak. And so, but when we are in such a go, go, go fast paced world, it's really hard, you know, and it was for me to be fully present. And so it was this first step of coming into a greater sense of awareness of what I was feeling, some of the thoughts that were, you know, taking place in my subconscious, because I would have told you, you know, that I was a relatively, you know, positive person. And like I said, you know, things on the outside seem to be working, you know, I had done all the things that society said, you know, do all these things and you'll be happy and you'll be successful, but I needed to go deeper. And so the mind was my entry point to that. And then it mm. came into really looking at energy, but NLP was a helpful tool for me to mm-hmm. really understand and shift my subconscious thoughts. And of course we know that that comes from, you know, a feeling of awareness of like understanding what is happening, you know, that we may not be fully aware and cognizant of the other tool that was really, really helpful for me during that time was to understand and read my own energy. And I think that we're all really, really masterful at reading energy. We do it in so many subtle ways. And, you know, sometimes people ask, like, how can I be more intuitive? Well, to become really adept at reading energy, and that can start with reading our own energy, like we can do actual energy tune-ins. And I know that your audience is very, you know, spiritually connected and, you know, exploring, exploring all of these gifts. And, you know, for me, it was like really starting to be able to do energy readings. And as a child, I was very in tune with Mm. telepathy and reading other people's feelings and emotions. But, you know, similar to, I feel like what you were sharing is that, you know, those emotions, especially in my environment as a child were so intense and sort of chaotic that I really wanted to numb a lot of those feelings and emotions. So I really shut that gift down in a lot of ways. And, you know, during this time of awakening, it was a period and continues to be a period of remembering and, you know, reactivating and deepening, you know, those gifts that we all have. And so, you know, that was something for me in the first year of business, I was still had that sort of burnout, you know, what you're talking about energy of going really fast, And at the same time, Mm -hmm. simultaneously, you know, got engaged, planned a wedding and, you know, went on a honeymoon and my husband and I in, in Bali and this, you know, spiritual, beautiful land, you know, and I was so exhausted. Mm -hmm. So when you started your business, did you like quit? Did you do a side hustle? What, what was your journey with that? So I took a full leap 
actually from, you know, being in corporate America to starting my own business. And it took me, I would say about like five or six months to kind of map it out, kind of draw pictures, plan it out, really get up the the courage and really connect with the vision that was coming through me. Like during this time, I was getting like massive downloads and during, you know, be out running in the morning. And one thing that was really helpful for me was just writing everything down, whether it was a drawing or a picture or the name of a person that I was meant to connect with. It was like this massive kind of treasure hunt of information that was flooding through me. And I think that in in periods of great, you know, I always say that um, chaos precedes transformation because in periods of great change, we really open ourselves up in a way that sometimes we don't, you know, when things are going really smoothly. Right. And so just feeling this universal support and all of this guidance and this connection to my spiritual support team, you know, I was getting a lot, a lot of downloads at that time that really helped me to, you know, take that leap. Yeah. So you quit your day job. You're getting all these down. Like you're, I totally agree with you. It's almost like sometimes in those like moments of unknown or you know, like big transition where it's like, you're so open to the download because you're like, what the fuck do I do? (laughs) You're like ready to receive because you're like, I don't know where I'm going. So like, I will listen in a way that like, maybe we aren't as receptive or open at other times in our lives. So you're open to the download, but then you're still hustling. It sounds like both were happening. Yeah. I think that took layers to kind of remove. And for me, like the Bali trip was like, you know, because it's a certain energy and that's why reading my own energy was such Mm. a powerful tool for me because I could see myself kind of on this fast paced train going nowhere when in reality, I really, really wanted to jump off and jump into a lush garden and, you know, plant my feet on the ground and feel really connected to the earth. And, you know, we talk about like rewilding is actually, you know, a term that not all people and cultures need to experience, but I feel like here in Western culture, you know, there is a sense of reconnecting deeply with rituals and the earth and mother Gaia and all of these things that we have access to. And for me, that was something that my soul desperately wanted to experience. So when I could see that in myself and what actually needed to happen was to open up a lot of time and spaciousness, you know, and give myself permission Mm -hmm. to really have a lot more rest and a lot more time for creative play and creative expression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm relating on so many levels. I mean, our stories are not exactly the same, but I definitely also remember when I started my business, having an intuitive sense that I was on the right track and I was supposed to do this and I was supposed to help people in this particular way. But then also it's almost like we're, we're raised in this like industrial capitalist culture. And so like the hustle is just like bred into us or something. So yeah, to like start the business. And then you're like, okay, I got to do it the corporate way. Or like, I came from nonprofit, but you know, it was still like seven hour work days and like, you know, project based and deadline driven. And the way I would describe it now is like, I was like motivating by fear. That was how I motivated 
when I worked for the nonprofit, for the most part, sometimes I was motivated by my heart of like, this is a project, but like to get things done, it was often like, oh, I don't want my boss to be mad at me, or I don't want the partner to be mad at me, like motivating by fear. And I think one of the things that I've learned in order to create the efficiency that's required to have a successful business, right? Like my, I have to say like fear, it's not that efficient, right? It's like, it can be like you get to the end of the deadline and you work super hard for those two days or whatever to finish the project. But the rest of the time it's this fight, right? Cause you're like, ah, it's not a very healthy fuel source for creativity and building things. And so I was not very productive, even though I was like hyper productive in these short amounts of time, the rest of the time, it was like kind of dragging my feet and distracting with Facebook and, you know, talking to my coworkers and all of this stuff. Yeah, 1000%. You know, I, I totally agree with you. And I feel as though, you know, we often think about having a foundation for our businesses and what that looks like and how to make it supportive and, you know, kind of all the processes or, you know, platforms that we need to have in place. And I always say that really having a strong, energetic foundation mm-hmm. for your business mm-hmm. is one of the most supportive, sustainable things that we can have. And that really comes from creating an energy from which there is an abundance, an abundance of energy to give to clients, to give to, you know, to all of the creative tasks, because when we're running on adrenaline and we're running on fear-based thinking of like, I have to do this, it, it doesn't allow for the fullest creative expression that we wish to bring forward. I love that. Oh my God. Strong, energetic foundation. So good. That is worth so much more than like the quote unquote perfect website or quote unquote perfect funnel or whatever, whatever the business guru near you is teaching and selling. It's like, yeah, if you have a strong energetic foundation, you can take whatever tool because we do need tools eventually, right? Like we can't just have a strong energy and meditate in a cave or at least I don't know how, maybe some people are at the level where they can create a business that way, but I'm not at that level. We do need something in the manifest, in the earth, you know, Yes. on this level. But when you have a strong energetic foundation, it doesn't matter. Like you have a podcast, you have an Instagram, you have a funnel, you have a website. If it's being born out of that strong energetic foundation, it's going to be a thousand times more successful than if it's, you know, you pay a website designer and you make this beautiful website, but it's coming from a place that's scattered or fear-driven or whatever. Yeah. You know, and it's so beautiful and you know, I'm sure you can relate to this and many listeners too that, you know, have, you know, are on that entrepreneurial journey or even, you know, thinking about it is that it really meets us where we are. And you know, it shows us the areas that maybe we can bring a little bit more conscious awareness to, or really, you know, often a little bit more self-love and nurturing, you know, Mm -hmm. and I feel as though 
you know, when we're given obstacles, they're really an invitation. A lot of times they're an invitation to love ourselves even more, you know, deeply and, and also to connect with that energy, which we wish to create. And so myself, like any and every entrepreneur I've encountered, you know, definitely obstacles and setbacks. And one of them was like really a, um, almost like leveling of my business, like feeling like a very deep intuitive sense that it was generating, yes, a lot of revenue, but it wasn't where my heart deeply desired to go. And, you know, I made sort of a big decision to make some dramatic changes in my business. And it was like almost a starting from ground zero, if you will, like to rebuild again. And, you know, that can come with a lot of, you know, maybe trepidation or feeling of like, oh my gosh, how do, you know, how do we, you know, create abundance? How do we, you know, keep paying the bills and doing all these things that we, you know, need to do in our, you know, still third dimensional reality. And for me, it was an invitation to surrender and to trust where I was being guided and also understanding that as things began to rebuild in a new way, it was a stronger foundation from which to, you know, create from. So I say that out there, if anybody's listening and can relate to our conversation Mm -hmm. of like feeling burnout or feeling like, oh man, you know, the, the foundation isn't sustainable. Like I'm feeling this feeling of just fatigue or like, it's, you know, it's like, yes. And, and like, what is that here to show you and how can you, you know, surrender to what is where, what the the direction is that maybe will be a little bit more supportive and a little bit more nurturing. I think sometimes, you know, this has been a part, you know, it's like we see an obstacle and meet it maybe with, with judgment or meet it with like, Oh, you know, this isn't going well, or I did it wrong. Yes, exactly. And, and yet, you know, those obstacles are such powerful catalysts for even greater, you know, grace and ease to, to move forward. Yeah. So if you're willing to share at that leveling moment, what were your income streams? Like how much money were you making? And then what was the pivot that you did just to, I think it's helpful to get granular on this type of thing. So people have examples of like, oh, she did that. And it actually did work out in the long run for her. At that time, my main sort of business model was working with larger clients that were really strongly kind of in the business, business world, right? Like kind of, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, coming from corporate America, like taking on kind of those, those types of clients. And that was really more retainer based and focused, which, you know, I definitely feel and continue to feel aligned with working with some businesses and feel like that's a great way to sort of be a bridge and bring sort of like spirituality and creativity and intuition into the business world, which is so, so needed right now. So that feels Mm. still really exciting and expansive for me. Um, At the time where I was pivoting was wanting to do retreats, bringing women together, also working one-on-one with clients, which is something that I deeply, deeply enjoy is, you know, mentoring and, and coaching sessions with 
clients one-on-one, especially with spiritual entrepreneurs. And so that was something that I was bringing forward at the time, but of course, you know, had never done that before. And really, you know, that was a big shift of like, wanting to build that and wanting deeply to be of service because I think, you know, we all do, right. That are in this coaching mentoring or, you know, this type of space. But I, for me personally, it's like, I never wanted to feel like, Oh, buy my coaching program or, you know, sign up for this package or whatever. And, you know, there, I think there is like this balance or this line of wanting to, be of service and have it feel like really fun and not feel like work or feel like, you know, overly salesy. So wanting to do it in a way that feels really aligned. And I feel like there's so many ways to do that. For me, it was like wanting to also have other revenue streams and other ways as I grew that area so that it happened more organically. Of course, I feel like, you know, for everybody, it's a little bit different, but that's something that for me during that journey, when you're asking about like, how did you pivot and what was coming forward? Those were some of the things that I was thinking about is like, okay, how do I grow in this way? And it's interesting because I'll talk to Um, people that really want to get into the coaching space or really want to, you know, bring forward their healing gifts. And, and there can be this fear, multi levels of like, you know, I'm scared of putting myself out there as, you know, a coach or as a healer or as a, you know, fill in the blank. And, you know, that can be a fear that holds people back. It can be a fear of like, what about you know, the income or the abundance, like how do I earn, you know, something to support me and, you know, and, you know, I love how you have that sign behind you that is so beautiful, (laughs) which is for everybody listening, who can't see take beautiful risks as such a great, powerful reminder, because the universe does meet us. And I feel like, you know, back to getting, you know, intuitive downloads, it's like, we may get a piece of it, but we'll never get the whole picture, you know? I agree. I say intuition gives you one step at a time. And it's not going to give you step two until you take step one. And as frustrating as that is, as someone who wants, like, I'm like, intuition, please give me a five-year plan. (laughs) Please tell me how this is going to end. It's like, that's not how it works. It's like step one, you do that. And then you can ask intuition for the next step. But I find sometimes people are, they have the first step, but they aren't willing to take it until they know the next step or they know how it's all going to work out. And it's like, she's not going to give you the next step until you say, okay, I trust you. I'll take this first step. Yes, I know. And it's so beautiful. And and it's like, if you're given that download that vision, if that's placed in your heart, it is for you. I think sometimes we, you know, second guess and say like, Mm -hmm. oh, but what if, or I'm not getting the full picture. So I don't know, or, you know, who am I to do this? And yes, like, who are you? Who are you not to? I mean, you are given these amazing gifts to share with the world. And so like, when people ask me like, Oh, I, you know, thinking about starting a podcast or, you know, I have this book that I want to write, or, you know, I want to start a coaching practice. It's like, 
so exciting for me because it's sometimes easier for us to see other people's gifts than it is to see our own. And I think that we are all here as divine mirrors for each other to really help activate and really you know, hold a mirror and a divine sort of spotlight for one another to, you know, shine, shine our lights in the world. Yeah. And to touch on one of the other things you said that I, I want to highlight, I think is important is like doing sales from a non graspy place or a non, I need this to pay my bills type of place. It's like, yeah, I think we need to have a feeling of sufficiency, which doesn't necessarily even come from external things. But I know for myself, when I was building that, I quit my nonprofit job completely and it did not go well. <laughs> it did not financially, initially. I mean, it, in, that's all subjective, but I was making a little bit of money, but I was not covering my expenses at, you know, my food and rent and probably, you know, 10 months in, I was like, okay, this is not, this is not working. Things are going on a line of credit and that line of credit is just getting bigger and bigger. And I'm not, I kept kind of being like, okay, next month it'll turn around next month it'll turn around. But I didn't fully believe it. Because if I fully believed it, it would have happened. <laughs> but there was obviously part of me that didn't think it was going to happen. So I, you know, got a job at a restaurant. I moved in with roommates. I did all these things so that I could create enough safety and security again, so that I could go and sell my, you know, healing work, but from a place of I'm okay. I don't, you know, because I'm sure you know this if you... <laughs> go up to a client and you're like, I need you to hire me I so like, oh, that I can pay my bills. <laughs> yeah. That energetic exchange is probably not going to feel very good for the potential client. And so creating, so for you, it was, you know, having other income streams. And for me, it was also having other income streams that like came from external parties. Something that, you know, so profound of what, what you're sharing that I'd love to like dive in and explore is just this idea of getting really comfortable with money. And it sounds like, you know, you're doing that because you're having these conversations, which are so important that like sometimes we, we shy away from, but, you know, it is a gift and a blessing to get really comfortable and in touch with with money, with your connection, with abundance, what that looks like, what that feels like to you, because the clearer that we get, the more that the, the universe responds. And so, you know, for me, my journey with money was kind of like, especially with, with corporate America and having a, you know, a big income and not really having to ever think about it. I admittedly really didn't have a deep appreciation and gratitude mm. and money It's kind of like, you know, if you're familiar with like the doshas, like this kind of vata, like very, you know, but like imbalance of just not really fully appreciating all that was coming in and coming out and, you know, to come down to the ground, like, which I, you know, talked about as like starting a brand new foundation. It really helped me to be very present and very mindful and very conscious about how I spend my money, what was coming in and a greater sense of appreciation. So I feel like for you, like in sharing your story, it's like, 
the more that there is a sense of having that intimate experience with money, which we can all, you know, learn about of like how to cultivate abundance. It doesn't always feel very comfortable. It can be really, really uncomfortable. It can be really, really triggering. It can, you know, that root chakra of like, do I feel safe in this world? Like, do I feel supported? That all comes into play when we're talking about like financial abundance. But, you know, to your point in sharing of you know, the trust piece of it and feeling as if, you know, it's like almost, I feel like such an important part of abundance comes from really connecting to abundance in all forms. And like super abundance is available for us. And it's really, really a fun energy and frequency to connect to. And for me, this looked like connecting to all the abundance that I had created in my life that wasn't just financial. It was like appreciating mm. having, you know, a puppy that I love so dearly and being able to take walks throughout the day and having a life that was, that is, you know, creative and lights me up and being able to connect with clients and hear their journeys and, you know, be inspired by, you know, their, all that they're bringing forward in the, in the world. And like, wow, you know, there is so much abundance there to be grateful for and mindful and, you know, be consciously aware of, and then, you know, feeling deserving and, worthy of receiving even more like can we ask for more can we trust that more is going to be given to us and you know I had an experience I'm not like a big material purchaser like it's just Mm -hmm. never been you know much of my thing but there was a you know, for me, a significant inv- investment into this, it's a healing light device that mm. a dear friend and, and mentor to me has had shared about. And I was like, you know, this seems like a, you know, significant amount of money to just spend on a light device. And, but yet my higher self was guiding me and telling me like, this is going to be very important for your healing journey. And, you know, I was driving out, I'll, I'll never forget this moment because I felt very connected to my guidance team and they were like, no, just make the purchase and trust that you will be supported. And I connected with that energy and I felt it so deeply. And I think sometimes the key is that we'll cancel it out and we'll be like, yes, this is so exciting. And then, but what if it doesn't, but what if I'm not supported or what if, you know, I don't deserve this. Right. But I felt it and I trusted and I made that purchase. And the the next morning unexpectedly received a, you know, an opportunity that was over $140,000. Amazing. Love that. Yeah. So one of the things we talked about in the pre-chat that I want to make sure that we hit on is that you said, so you're this amazing podcaster. Everyone who listens to my podcast, I think you will love the Soul Collective. So definitely download, follow, whatever it's called now (laughs) on all the platforms. But you said in the pre-chat you were allergic to public speaking and now you have this like amazing very high level like talking to high level people in the spiritual world or thought leaders or whatever you want to call them how did you go from being allergic to public speaking to having this like huge amazing platform 
Thank you. You know, I, I feel as though the universe sort of meets us where we meet ourselves. And, you know, I think about a podcast as kind of like inviting people into your home and, you know, having the energetic space to like really open up and be like, Hey guys, come on in. Like you know, <laughs> the bed's a little messy and, you know, but come on in and it'll be fun. And, you know, this is what it's so vulnerable, right? Like you're sharing from your heart and, you know, we are talking about topics that are really personal and, you know, I had no experience doing that, you know, and I remember one exercise and when I was at my corporate job and it was to find three words out of maybe like 500 words that you like resonated with that connected with how you wanted to like be on your path of service of, of leadership. And the words that I picked out were authenticity, vulnerability, and compassion. And I'll, you know, those words are like my guiding words that I feel such a deep resonance with. And at the time, like that was really, really difficult for me because I had to really wear a mask and I didn't feel safe being my authentic self. I didn't feel safe being vulnerable, you know, and it wasn't comfortable to move through that and show up on a podcast, even though I deeply desire to have these conversations and share from the heart and connect with amazing, you know, people. And, you know, like, it is such a beautiful thing to be able to connect in this way that, you know, shares on a deeper level, because I feel like sometimes, you know, conversations can be, you know, on the superficial and the desire to go deeper. And there's so much about this human experience. And so, you know, I guess for me, it was just knowing that that was my desire and something that really was motivating me. And that helped me sort of mitigate and move through all of this resistance. Because when we are met with a vision that feels big and feels scary. It's like, we will always feel some type of resistance. And sometimes we'll try to rationalize it. And I see, you know, I see this happen all the time. It's like, oh, but I, I can't show, show up on social media because like, I don't get technology or like it's too time, time consuming or, you know, and like all these reasons, like why, like, you know, the brain, the, the thinking mind, like we always will come up with reasons why, like, it's not a good idea, you know, to start a podcast because like, what if nobody listens to your show? Or what if you sound stupid during an interview? Or you know what I mean? Like there's uh, infinite ways that our thinking minds will try to just keep us safe, even though, you know, it's really not, you know, we, we can have gratitude, but just, you know, put the thinking mind aside and always coming back to the why of like, why, what is deeper desire? And how do I feel like, I don't even know how to explain it, but I feel expanded. And I feel like my energy field is like lit up and just like, you know, that feeling of just feeling so alive and so connected and so connected to, you know, your soul, soul purpose through those interviews. And so whatever it is that like lights you up, it's just, connecting with that feeling and that emotion and having that be sort of the driving force. And then gradually over time, it's like little by little, little by little, you know, we get more comfortable, we get comfortable showing up and sharing. And it's like, okay, this is, you know, now it's like, you know, coming up and my, you know, I was just sharing about this is like, I have, I do a live show as well. And, you know, incredible 
UFO researcher, Mary Rodwell is going to be joining us and, you know, super, super excited for that conversation. And, you know, to share with people that about, you know, talking about UFOs and, you know, extra dimensional, it's like, I never envisioned that fully, you know, several years ago, but this is where like my soul took me and I'm trusting and, and following that. And, you know, it feels really good. I love that. Yeah. I, I love the idea of you in some like corporate boardroom somewhere, like finding the like words of like vulnerability (laughs) connection, or I can't remember them exactly, but like these three key authenticity, vulnerability, and one more word that I can't remember. And it's kind of like, I feel like the message you're saying is like, it's your why you were willing to show up with your voice probably shaky on that first episode and to feel like crap after which I know I felt similarly when I started my podcast because you're like no this this is for a greater purpose that has to do with me but also has to do with others and and I'm excited even though I'm also terrified and leading that way. Exactly. And also I find like when we're, you know, kind of talking about the topic of, you know, activating the throat chakra and being really visible is like, sometimes, you know, there's a reason why we feel comfortable hiding, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, previous lifetimes and incarnations where like maybe speaking our truth didn't go, you know, so well. And, you know, and, and there is like the ego part or the, the personality that kind of keeps us safe of like, oh, but I'm shy or I'm introverted or I don't really have much to say. But I find that it is like removing and peeling back those layers and getting really comfortable and balancing the energy centers when as that happens more and more, it's like, oh, you know, all of this is coming kind of forward to, to be shared. And, and that feels really exciting and expansive. Yeah, I did an episode recently with Jesse De Silva, who's like the, her name, Millennial Money Witch. And the episode was all about the witch wound, which is about that idea of like showing up fully with your gifts, that there's, especially if you're spiritual, and especially if you're socialized as a woman, like that doesn't feel safe because of the history. And so, yeah, I love that, that you're, you're re-emphasizing that. And if folks want to go back and listen to that episode, I don't remember what episode it is, but it's not too long ago. So you can find it. I could talk to you forever. I feel like we have so much in common and so much like shared vision or beliefs, but I want to respect your time. So if people want to stay connected with you, if they're resonating with what you're sharing, what are the ways they can stay connected or even work with you if you have that open at this time? You know, the Soul Collective is on all podcast channels and I have a YouTube channel as well. 
Um, my website is imemilyharris.com. And one of my favorite portals of connecting and communicating, this is where we sort of found each other, is um, on Instagram. So for anybody listening that feels a resonance or, you know, a connection, I'd love to hear from you and connect with you. You know, that's probably my my portal of, of communication choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So send Emily a DM. I sent her a DM. I was a total stranger and she was so kind and generous to reply and to give us her time and some of her wisdom and expertise of being on this journey of healing and finding your vulnerability and your authenticity and who you really are and what your gifts are and sharing that with the world. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Bryn. It was so much fun connecting with you. And thank you for all that you're bringing forward in service to humanity. It is so beautiful and inspiring. Yay. Okay. Well, I will link all of Emily's information in the show notes and we will talk in a few weeks. I'm saying that to everyone listening. Okay. Bye everyone. If you've resonated with this episode, I want to offer you a free private one-hour consultation with me. Through doing the deep inner work, my clients have been able to do things like quit the job they hate and land a job they love, or get their first paying clients in their dream business, and if they're a little bit further down the road, double their revenue. They've been able to fall in love and go to bed each night feeling satisfied and accomplished. In the consultation, we'll talk about what your dream looks like, what's getting in the way, and whether working together can help. Email me at brin at brinbamber.com to book.